Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football, whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or sometimes even IDP. We got you covered all year long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome into the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. And of course, on this Monday evening, as we record this week six recap, I'm your host, John June. And that's right. My man, G Money is back. Greg Penniman. Yes, sir. Good to have you back, brother. How you doing, man? Doing all right. Doing good. Uh, You know, week six, you talked about before, Got a, had a lot of injuries in this one, but, uh, you know, seemed Doing good for my personal teams, but we're not talk, here to talk about that. We're here to talk about these studs, these people that are going down. But just want to mention that I am in first place in that league of extraordinary people. Let's go. That is correct. Greg is in first place because we didn't even talk about our thrilling Monday night matchup, man, where your boy – actually, I think I did mention it on the pod – where I ended up almost catching Greg and giving him <laughs> a uh, slight heart attack. And that's what Prime. I love about Superflex because – you know, if you have two quarterbacks that happen to be going against each other and then that game be, goes nuts, Absolutely then, uh, bonkers. It, it things can go well. But, you know, I, I didn't I didn't complete the comeback, but just uh, no come playoff time, Greg. I'm coming for you, bro. I'm here. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> if I make it there, but we'll see. Weird things tend to happen in the league of extraordinary people, especially when you are public enemy number one. But this week six recap. It's almost in the books. Week six is Monday Night Football. We'll be kicking off in a, in a few minutes or in 40 minutes or so. Caught to cover those studs and those jags. And, of course, those top performers is what we mean when we talk about those studs and those jags. Those just the guys going through each a position group. And then we will cover news, injuries, and those waivers. Starting with the quarterback position. The QB one on the week. And I I got to say, I, I was so off on the quarterback position this week. I'm just going to preface that there. And if you were listening, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And if not, then we'll get to it in a little bit. But Kirk Cousins, who I was not into this week, Carolina's defense had been pretty good coming in this game. But apparently not in this one. Uh, in overtime, Kirk Cousins, 33 of 48, 373 yards, three passing touchdowns. Uh, to go along with 16 yards rushing on two attempts, 28.5 points in a PPR league. Greg, what were your thoughts on Captain Kirk's performance? Yes, yeah, is a great bounce back for Captain Kirk. You know, two straight weeks where he had only one touchdown, uh, had a couple picks, had one pick in each of those games. But this is the, a great bounce back against a Carolina defense that has been solid, definitely against the run and been holding it down a little bit, except against Dallas. Uh, so, yeah, like to see Kirk Cousins bringing his streaming value back. Um and, yeah, to, to hold, hold people down for these next couple of weeks. Got Dallas next week, so that's a great matchup for six teams on by. So we're going to need some quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I just gave you the people's elbow uh, for you called Kirk Cousins a streaming quarterback. And I will argue he is <laughs> definitely more than a streaming quarterback. He I mean, is, he is, he is. He's treated by people as just a streaming quarterback. Uh, because his name is Kirk Cousins. Uh, he should be but, over 50, though. He's definitely not under that. But Yeah, I mean, Kirk Cousins currently, as we sit here in terms of fantasy points per game, Kirk Cousins sits as the quarterback 10. So, I, I, yeah, I guess you could say he's right on this streaming. I'll, it's QB1. I'll take That's, that. It's a QB1 for sure, yeah. right? Um, no, definitely. So, no, Kirk Cousins has been good. He's been one of, you know, one of the sleeper quarterbacks I had coming into the season. Was he my sleeper? I don't even remember. Um, I think he might have been, actually. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so we'll go with it. We'll roll with it. So Kirk Cousins, you know, just continuing to – again, he's in, he plays in a good offense. Um, the, I think the concern is Minnesota's defense has actually been playing better outside of the fourth quarter of the Carolina game. Uh, but coming into this game, they were only allowing 10 fantasy points, 10.5 fantasy points per game to the, in the last three weeks two quarterbacks and so uh if that defense is playing better we know that this offense at its roots really wants to run the football with dalvin cook who was healthy again and so uh rip i mean we'll get into it a little bit but you know we'll get into it later but uh he also had a good performance here um the second quarterback on on this list 
Dak Prescott, the number two quarterback on the week. I'm trying. I'm just noticing a trend here. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, two guys that I was uh, I was against playing this week. Uh, and Dak Prescott, it was about the volume of pass attempts. New England or Dallas has been a team that's been running the football. I didn't think that New England would be able to really compete with Dallas, but they made it a game. Uh, both these quarterbacks went to overtime, and so Dak Prescott completed 51 pass attempts. Uh, or he attempted 51 pass attempts, completed 36 of those for 445 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and 10 rushing yards. Good for 26.8 points heading into the bye week. So, Greg, oh, actually, both these quarterbacks heading into the bye week. But, Greg, what were your thoughts on this performance here, performance here from Dak Prescott? Oh, man, definitely love this. You always, uh, I mean, always love Dak, I think, in, in any matchup. They got Minnesota next week, so. Uh, both these quarterbacks should be in a great spot here. In two weeks, two weeks. Uh, two weeks, right? Both on a bye next week. But yeah, um, it's 51 pass attempts. You mentioned that that was the highest he had since week one, which was 58. Uh, other than that, he only had a high of 32. But you know, he, he gets those gets those tutties though all the time. He's he's always gonna get those tutties. So yeah, love it from Dak. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll get into it a little bit later. But I was it was more about the player I was recommending over the players that are listed here. Got you, got you, got you. Again, if you have these guys, you're not going to cut them, you know. No, but I, absolutely I not. said, hey, there's this one guy that if he's <laughs> out there, you need a quarterback, <laughs> you're, you know, go out and we'll talk about it a little bit later. But the number three quarterback on the week, <laughs> Kyler Murray, 20 of 30, 229 passing yards, four passing touchdowns here. Didn't need to run much. Seven carries on six, uh, six for six yards. That was good for 25.8 PPR points in a game where the Cardinals had to play without their head coach in um, Cliff Kingsbury. So, Greg, what were your thoughts here on the performance by K1? Oh, yeah, this is uh, K1 primetime. I mean, just doing what he does all the time uh, undefeated team i mean the rushing yards are there the passing touchdowns are there he's at a passing at a very high touchdown rate right now uh you love to see it you love to see what he's doing uh in this mvp year right now i mean he's got to be i think by uh, early favor right now for that award yeah i mean i hate having this conversation in week six week seven about True. who the mvp True. is because you know these guys fluctuate and it's about who's going to maintain that level of play for the entire season. So Kyler Murray was an early favorite last year, faded down the stretch, mainly yeah, due to injury. Like, started like five and one or five and oh, something like that last year. Something yeah. they started. Yeah. They, they had a deep, you know, decent, I think they started three and oh last year. Three and then, oh. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. And then they ended up losing. I was talking about it earlier today. That's, that's why, but, <laughs> um, you know, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they're rolling right now. I issued an apology actually to the Cardinals, uh, we were talking about their game going up against Cleveland uh, because I didn't think the Cardinals are going to be, you know, all that good this year, mainly because their defense. But their defense has been, I mean, the story is Kyler, but the story should really be this defense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Kyler played at this level last year and they weren't 6-0. and The difference was this defense is com- like superbly improved. The additions that they've made, the draft picks, you know, signing J.J. Watt in free agency, they've all really come to fruition and have allowed, you know, Kyler to go on the other side of the ball, put up as many points as they want. I mean, 13 points they've given up, 33, 19, 20, 10, 14, like. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And today's NFL giving up. You know, only one game over 20 points so far. That's pretty. That's pretty. Especially when you're scoring. 38, 34, 31, yeah. 37, yeah. 17, and then Absolutely. 37. So, you know, I, I'm, again, again of, of the frame of mind here that this will probably, this Arizona defense, which plays Houston this week, I think needs to be prob- probably picked up for, I mean, again, they play Green Bay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they're fire. one of the better fantasy defenses. Uh, I want to say they're top five fantasy defense right yep. now. Yep. Without looking. And I know some of our leagues, we do some of the quirky scoring, which we've talked about it before on the show. But if you're playing fantasy football and you play with a team defense, which, you know, some people have just said, screw the defense. But if you're still doing it, please 
half point tackle for losses and one point fourth down stops. Just please. It's very simple change to make or no, should be two points for a fourth down stop because that's a turnover. Right. So if you get a fumble and a reception, that's two points. But if you get turnover on downs, that's technically a turnover. So two points. So just my thought there. But Greg, rounding out this top 12 of quarterbacks here, Kyler Murray. Or Kyler Murray was three. Matthew Stafford, four. Jalen Hurts, five. Aaron Rodgers, six. Patrick Mahomes, seven. Joe Burrow, eight. Another guy I said I didn't want to play this week. Uh, Derek Carr, nine. Mm-hmm. Chua Tunga Bailoa, 10, Teddy Bridgewater, 11, and then Tom Brady coming in as the quarterback, 12. Greg, what were your thoughts here from this uh, when you look at this top 12? Uh, like to see Patty in there at that uh, good spot there. Joe Burrow continuously being efficient with these, you know, low passing volume, but, you know, putting up some QB2 with some QB1 upside weeks. Uh, and two with the bounce back week as off back off, you know, healthy again. That's pretty good getting, even though they lost that game, but they got that win <laughs> for fantasy wise. Yeah. I mean, uh, to, uh, was probably one of the things I called Rel was, Hey, you know, the Miami quarterback, whoever it is probably gonna have a good day, but it's probably not hard to do with Jacksonville. Uh, Patrick Holmes. I probably, I think I expected a bigger day. Uh, yeah, especially yeah, against that. Yeah, going against Washington. Yeah. Uh, was expecting a much bigger day there. Yeah, uh, yeah. But finishing as the quarterback seven. Yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers again, a guy that I was like, hey, let's probably not play this guy this week. Coming as the quarterback six. Uh, and you know, talking about all these guys who I said, hey, let's not play. So let's talk about who I wanted to play over them. And I, I mean, again, I'll go with the process. The process was sound. The result was just very poor. And it was Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke going up against Washington uh, prior to this point. He had only – or Kansas City, sorry. He had plays for Washington. Had only had uh, one poor game, and that was the New Orleans game, which New Orleans has been pretty good against quarterbacks outside of the game against Daniel Jones. But he just – it just didn't happen. It didn't come to fruition. Uh, you know, wasn't able to get the ball down the field to Terry McLaurin. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones did have a nice game, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But, um, yeah, it was just a complete whiff and a miss by me on Taylor Heineke. So uh, if it costs you, I'm sorry, but we're on to week seven. <laughs> and we're uh, going to be better from here on out for sure. Because um, you can't get worse than Taylor Heineke, apparently. But other Jags on the week here. Lamar Jackson. Justin Herbert. That game was just completely weird, right? Like crazy, crazy. crazy. Holding the herb to t- QB twenty or something. Oh my gosh, that's that's wild. That's just wild. What did you think of all the fourth down attempts? That I mean, obviously, if you were playing Baltimore defense in our league, that would have been turnovers for you. But the all the fourth down going forward on fourth down the aggressive play calls of Brandon Staley and the Chargers they was at one point where they went for it they were like on the 35 maybe uh, I think they were 30. I think they were on their like own 12 yard line or something ridiculous oh like yeah I mean they they did do it a lot I'm I'm always in favor of doing it over not if you're a efficient offense a good offense like the Chargers are it was more their mistakes were just timing was off something was off I mean, maybe it was the west coast the east coast i mean i don't know they they seem they seem like they, their head wasn't anymore uh miss i don't know miss routes miss timing all that it's weird yeah it was it was interesting to see i like the aggressiveness i like to see coaches go for it especially when you have a good offense right like yeah you know you should have confidence in your in your ability to convert those for it's one yard right like you've been getting you've been getting you know, eight, nine yards. Like you can't, you have to be able to get one yard or two yards even. But there was a point where they went for it. I think it was like fourth and I don't know. I don't even remember the down and distance, but I think it was, it was definitely longer than like five yards. And it was in their own territory, like deep in their own 20, like territory, maybe on the, maybe it was, maybe right. Maybe it was like fourth, maybe it was on their 20 yard line or something like that. Yeah. But then they turned the ball over and, you know, Baltimore scores and it's just not a game after that. Uh, and the play call was terrible. It's just like you have Austin Eckler, you have, yeah. uh, you know, Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, but you throw the ball to Josh Palmer, who's a rookie. 
that, oh, yeah, that was the, yeah that was ridiculous it was like on a comeback route like man coverage he saw yeah that that was back play call i don't know it's why like you could ever fourth, go to him your fourth string yeah. wide receiver on yeah. their top corner yeah wow like, yeah makes no sense so that 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 thought to me was a little weird but anyway Baker Mayfield, he dealt with an injury. Sam Darnold um, was, um, yeah, was yeah, he finished the game strong for for a way that all started for him to finish QB fourteen or mid QB two. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think he finished overall as the quarterback fifteen on the 15. week. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it was <laughs> yeah the quarterback fifteen with fifteen point oh eight points. So fifteen point one. All right, moving out to the running back position and guy I spoke very highly about uh, on after I spoke about him before the game, but mainly after the game spoke very highly about this man in Leonard Fournette, man, the running back one on the week, uh, 22 carries, 81 yards, two touchdowns, six catches for 46 yards. That was good for 30.7 PPR points. Now, Greg, I gave my piece on Leonard Fournette and his performance, but peep the people haven't heard your thoughts on it. So Leonard Fournette, man, he's balling out. That's why I gotta say, uh, doing what he's got to do in the last couple weeks. Uh, got his getting his touchdowns, getting those yardages too. Uh, so had 81 in this one. He's getting the volume. Uh, Ronald Jones is basically just fizzed out of this offense uh, as far as a, a running back. That's what we we you know wanted to see if they're if they're not both going to be good, then we want to see one dominate and you know get mo- most of the carries in fantasy. And that's what Fournette is getting on a good offense. I'm buying. It's probably a running back. You should be people should be buying. Probably be too late now. The price is too high. But yeah, he he's got RB one upside every week because of the touchdowns. He's going to be in the red zone and. Yeah, high in RB two every week for me. No, man, definitely. I mean, I, I, I want. I'm saying, you know, I almost have the same thoughts that you did, except I'm going as far as to say I think he's an RB one, right? When you look at the volume that he's getting, the offense that he plays in, and the quality of the touches that he gets, right? He's getting six or like six targets in this game against Philadelphia. Right. You know, he is the best thing for them in terms of what Ronald Jones and Giovanni Bernard bring, except he's just the combination of the both of them. And he's, he's more powerful than Ronald Jones. And he's, you know, I'm not, I'm not, he's probably not as good as a receiver as, as Giovanni Bernard, but he's brings more versatility to that offense where if one of those guys on the field, you know, okay, Ronald Jones is probably a run. Giovanni Bernard is probably a pass. Whereas Leonard Fournette, it can, you know, you, you can run a little bit more of a hybrid offense there, which is better for Tom Brady, right? And so, and he's and he seems to be the guy down when they get by the goal line too. So that's always going to be good. So definitely, I think Leonard Fournette is an RB1 going forward. And the RB2 on the week, imagine if you gave him the ball more. Jonathan <laughs> Taylor, 14 carries, oh 145 gosh, yards. For all the mathematicians at home, that is 10 yards per rush attempt there. By Jonathan Taylor. Now, two touchdowns, had two catches or two targets, one catch for 13 yards, 28.8 PPR points. Now, you, one could argue that they didn't need Jonathan Taylor. There was they were winning 31 to three. The thing I like is that Jonathan Taylor is no longer on the injury report with that knee issue. So I think that's going to be good for him going forward. But Greg, what were your thoughts about the big man JT? 14 carries like he's doing this 145 yards on 14 carries uh, i heard 12 of them were in the second half like what are they doing like give this man the ball it's a 31 to 3 game this man should be established marlon max should even be on the team like get this man off any of those five or four carries against every any game just give them to jonathan taylor like get this man up there's no reason why he should never be i should be under 15 carries that's all i gotta say jt he's the man yo. that's all i gotta say i mean that's actually pretty ridiculous, right? The fact that he had two he had two carries in the first half. What right? if twelve if twelve of them don't come until the second half, right? I would have to imagine like, oh, maybe they got a good lead, maybe it's twenty one nothing. The game was ten to three in the first half. It's just unforgivable. Yeah, I don't know what Frank Wright is doing. I, I think it makes no it makes no 
sense. No, it, it literally does. Maybe like, Jonathan Taylor should complain, right? Because ever since Marlon, you know, maybe he should just demand a trade. Because ever since Marlon Mack demanded a trade, we've been seeing more Marlon Mack, right? Like so, why though? Like it doesn't. Make any <laughs> it's true. Like you're right. Ever since he got demanded the trade, it's like all right, maybe we should use him. Maybe they're trying to get his value up, but still, yeah, maybe they're trying to showcase that way. a little bit. But it's not working. <laughs> no one wants to buy five carries. Marlon Mack has 20 carries this year. Imagine if John Lentatella with 20 more carries. Yo, it could be finished RB1 every week. It would break my it would break my projection sheet. <laughs> what? It really would. Like, it'd be so efficient. But anyways, uh, FJT. FJT. <laughs> this is bigger than uh, Aaron Jones. This is bigger than the free Aaron Jones movement. This is a free JT movement is bigger than this. Yeah, no, 100%. percent was like, because <laughs> at least Aaron Jones are like, oh, well, Jamal Williams is a pretty good back. You yeah, know, yeah. AJ Dillon could do some things. Like, yeah. you're taking carries away from Jonathan Taylor <laughs> to give them to a 26-year-old running back coming off of a torn Achilles. Okay, I, I, I rest my case. Moving on to the RB3 on the week, Joe Mixon. 18 carries, 94 yards, no touchdown, but did add five catches on six targets for 59 yards and a touchdown, 26.3 PBR points. Greg, what are the thoughts here on Joe Mixon? You are how I feel about Joe Mixon, man. This, I'm a, I love Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm always, you see, this there's year. a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Last this year, year you were very sure. anti Joe sure. Mixon, right? And so okay. I, so I saw that volume, you know, until so you see that volume is kicked, <laughs> wasn't getting that volume, and now he is. Every game over 20 touches. So like, yeah, I mean, in a team that's pretty good this year, like playing well this year. Uh, we'll see how they do against Baltimore next week. But Cincinnati, really efficient offense, and they're a run first team. So uh, you love that. No, I had to, I had to, I had to bring that up because I, I've noticed that the, you have this this love here this year for Joe Mixon. And I was like, where is this coming from? I mean, I get it. It's the volume and everything, but it, it was just, it was all very new. So I've just been adjusting. I true, adjusted true, true. quietly over here. <laughs> uh, but rounding out the top 12 here, the RB4 of the week, my start of the week, Daryl Henderson, the uh, also tied with Najee Harris for the RB4. Uh, yes. So uh, the, RB6, Daryl Williams, the RB7, Dalvin Cook, the RB8, Kenyon Drake. If you ask some people, apparently I knew this one was coming, but who knows. Uh, the RB9, Aaron Jones, the RB10, Khalil Herbert, the RB11, James Robinson, and then the RB12, J.D. McKissick. Greg, any of these top 12 performances stick out to you? Definitely love to see, uh, continuously see Najee Harrison there, um, Khalil Herbert. Had a great week. Um, and, yeah, Darren Henderson, I mean, that he's just continuing to ball out every week. He's a borderline RB1 every week as well. No, definitely. He is – I mean, me and you were talking about it off air last week. He is the perfect RB2 to have on your perfect. team. Like, he's going to get enough volume. He's not going to blow the competition away in terms of points, but he'll be there for a solid – 15, 16 PPR points every week just based on volume alone. Saw 21 carries in this one. Uh, also added uh, 29 receiving yards on two catches. So Daryl Henderson's balling. Uh, Najee Harris just continues to be the engine for the Steelers offense. Volume, man. Kind of how someone on this show had kind of talked about just a little bit in the offseason. I don't know. Uh, some hey, guy. Man. If only Frank Reich. <laughs> Would listen to that, like just give right, you know, JT the ball like Najee Harris gets the ball. I mean, he's you know only... what it is? It's because they didn't draft JT in the first round. Because when you draft in the first round, you have to prove to everybody like, hey, this guy was worth it. Like they don't have to prove to us that JT was worth a draft pick. Najee's sure. leading him in carries and receptions. Like I mean, and, and yes. yeah, that's crazy. Najee is <laughs> offense. Yes, because the Steelers have two choices. It's Najee Harris. Or Big Ben. <laughs> Najee Harris or Big Ben. I'm pretty sure I would choose Najee Harris nine times out of ten, ten times out of ten, and twice on Sunday. Um, so give me Najee Harris. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, but Khalil Herbert, that's the one. I, I mean, I think that um, – I know I had talked about him on the lead-up to this game. 
I, I was expecting him to have a have a good performance, have a decent amount of volume, uh, finish in the RB1 territory, so that was nice to see. In terms of some honorable mentions here, we had it was a good week for running backs, I would say. Um, Damian Harris, DeAndre Swift, Alex Collins, excuse me, Josh Jacobs, Ramondre Stevenson, uh, all coming through with 15 or more PP. Uh, PPR points this week, Greg. Any of the any other honorable mentions or anybody stick out from from a running back perspective to you positively this week? Uh, yeah, DeAndre Swift, of course. Uh, elite RB seasons continuing. Um, love to see that. And the you know the Damian Harris and you know Roger Stevenson coming through. Uh, Patriots definitely doing well with the the running backs. As long as one of those people players don't fumble the ball, these two could be have some value down the line. Yeah, and Ramondre Stevenson is the real interesting one to me just yeah. because you you realize what the ceiling could be for him. And yeah. I'm sure we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but you see him, you know, how the Patriots trust him as a receiver in the pass game. There was at one point where they, they got him isolated on a linebacker with a route down the seam and they, and they throw him the ball and you can see it's a nice – he's not – you know, most running backs in that situation, they're not used to catching the ball – in that in that position they're used to like being in the flat or you know having their chest exposed to the quarterback but my man just like over the shoulder just kind of catches it and um he's a good athlete man and he and then you you see a move and you forget like oh he's 250 pounds yeah (laughs) yeah yeah like this guy's the size of like legarrett blunt but he's got some serious speed i know he had a 91 yard run in the in the in the preseason that got some people excited uh but then again you see him move around as a receiver and Ramondre Stevenson is definitely interesting to me especially how often you see uh Damian Harris uh limp off the field yeah he got that limp off the field that's how Stevenson came right in got that touchdown so um if you're a Damian Harris owner I mean manager that's definitely a move yeah definitely or just even if you're not uh if you just yeah. Need spec like again. We talk about this all the time, but the running back position is one of those positions where you just got to say, what happens if Damian Harris gets hurt today or like this weekend? Or you know, I say this all the time, right? Like I made a trade earlier in the week that I kind of referenced as a joke, but you know, in our league with certain other people, I traded. I didn't have any room on my bench, and I didn't want to just cut Alex Collins with the Chris Carson news looming. So I traded Alex Collins to the um to to the Chris Carson manager and in return I got Kenyon Drake and somebody asked me well why did you trade for Kenyon Drake and I said well you never know like what happens if Josh Jacobs slips you know coming out of the shower this morning like, you never know like anything could literally happen <laughs> and the running back position is one of the not that I would ever want Josh Jacobs to slip coming out of the shower but you know what I'm saying I'm just trying to say anything could happen at the running like it doesn't always it's not always that way for like a receiver, right? Like if a receiver goes down, there's no guarantee that this one guy is going to take all those opportunities and all those touchdowns. Or like if a quarterback goes down, it's not like you want to attach yourself to that offense anymore. But if a running back goes down, they're going to absorb, even if they're 75 or 80% of what the starter is, you absorb so much uh, value and that adds so much value to your team. So I think just that, just the the probability that that could happen is worth having one of these guys on your bench. So that's my little spiel on that. But Greg, some Jags this week, man, and there were a few of them. Uh, Austin Eckler was part of that game in, in Baltimore with the Chargers, where not a lot went down for them offensively. Javante Williams, I mean, that whole Denver, I mean, not the whole Denver Broncos team, but it was just a team, a game. I thought Denver would come out and win that game. Raiders, you know, uh, haven't been able to stop the run. Javante just, I don't know what's going on there. That's another guy. Talk about don't give him the ball. The dude had 80, 89 yards on 11 touches last week, and that resulted in him seeing the ball uh, 14 times. Uh, so a little bit better, but again, like I would like to see this backfield go away from Melvin Gordon, Gordon, right? Yeah. That's all. 
I know. It might be one of those situations where it just it just doesn't. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah, it's just not gonna happen. Nah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm coming to terms with it honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because it looks like it's been 50, solid 50 50 every week. Every week, every week, and even yeah. even when weeks it's like oh it, it shifts in Javante's favor, goes right back down. Yep. So it's like not even like there's a trend to look for or anything. No, it's, I was gonna say it. It's not. There's no trend. It's, the trend is 50. That's 50. <laughs> yeah. That's the average. That's the <laughs> expectation. And I mean, unfortunately, the only thing, the only way that it won't be 50 percent is if we we get an injury or something. Right. But it's gonna be 50 percent. Um. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles running backs. I don't even know what to do with those oh, guys. Yeah. Nah. Nah. I'm, I maybe I would think Kenneth Gainwell is a stash, and that's all I can really say at this point. Bro, but if you couldn't play Kenneth Gainwell on Thursday. When the hell can you play Kenneth Gainwell? Yeah, but my my Sanders is basically, hopefully he's like, I don't know, he's close to a drop candidate at this point. I mean, if Miles Sanders is a drop candidate, then Kenneth Gainwell has to be because Miles Sanders is at least because <laughs> I see, I feel like touches. I see light with Ford Gainwell though. I don't see any light for even Miles. in the game where you're like, okay, because okay, I started Gainwell on Thursday in a right. I started him over Miles Sanders, and. Miles Sanders still got 11 touches on Thursday. Kenneth Gainwell got one target or two targets. Yeah. I don't – I'm going to probably hold on Sanders. I mean, I'm going to hold on Sanders for sure, but I, there's no way I, I could keep Kenneth Gainwell over Miles Sanders. Like, if I had both of them, I had to drop one of them. I got to drop Gainwell because at least Sanders is going to get those rush attempts, which who knows what they're worth these days. So maybe I mean both he ran well him. last week. I mean he ever yeah for, nine for fifty six. I mean yeah. he had that one one big but, one big carry. Or I think there was one drive where he had a couple big carries. And that's who Miles Sanders is, right? But like you and I were talking about off air, this offense like do carries exist for the yeah, running back in this offense? The, they don't run the ball. The carries from Jalen Hurts, direct snaps. He makes plays and he's usually rushing because he's getting pressured. So yeah, it's yeah no I it's uh. It was definitely it's definitely tough for sure. Uh, I I think they're like desperation flexes at this point. And Maybe specific- they'll change the game plan up because they they're a losing record right now. They play Vegas Bro, next. So honestly, if I like that was the thing that irked me really bad. Like if I couldn't play Kenneth Gainwell last week, then why is he on my team? Yeah, that's true. Right, you're going up against Tampa Bay. It's one of the worst pass defenses. You're expecting the game plan to be throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball there you know, a touchdown underdog, like you would expect this to be the game script in which Kenneth Gainwell gets a ton of targets, yeah. three targets between the two running backs. I, it's just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, maybe I'm overreacting, but for no, for, no, you're not. Uh, Antonio Gibson uh, ends up with an injury. Uh, so we're not going to completely Tough. kill him there. Uh, but uh, Miles Gaskin, I think, it was just right back to what are we doing with Miles? Nah, I'm, he's on I'm, a bye. Like, is he gonna? Oh yeah, lasting on your roster through the bye week? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's like no situation where I mean, in when they're behind, they're using Ahmed and they're you know using Malcolm Brown. They're so inconsistent with him. Uh, but when they were behind against Tampa, they used Miles Gaskin. It's just not. Nah, I don't know. I don't think it's worth. It, they, it Miami doesn't know what running back they want to give the carries to, the bulk of the carries. And you know why? Using, why? Did you know Miami has co-offensive coordinators? That makes no that that makes no sense. So they, they have <laughs> differences opinions every week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, that's, I can't have that. I'm not with I'm I I'd rather keep Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin, definitely. Yeah. At I, this point, for sure. At least what I mean, I don't know, right? Because like with Gaskin last week, that game was a little back and forth nature to it, but Miami led for most of it. Um, not most of it, but Miami was in the game for the most part. It was a one score game. But at least like you knew when they played Tampa, it was like, Okay, we're throwing a miles Gaskin, like you will be our offense today. Yeah, the but they're not playing Tampa again. They're not playing yeah. Tampa again. I think Jalen Waddle is probably the only safe person in that offense, maybe. I, yeah, but, I agree. He's only got one game over 10 carries. Like, yeah, it's impossible to trust him. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the wide receiver position. 
And the wide receiver won on the week. The Ooh. man behind me making that spectacular catch in the back of the end zone on the Wall of Fame, C.D. Lamb. My breakout wide receiver finally had his best game of the season, was quiet since week two, I believe it was, week one. But, or week two, week one. Yeah, yeah. No, he, had a, he had a good last week, too. He has a touchdown, two, you know. And, it was okay. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It's a Giants game. Yeah, it was yeah. So, it's like one. If you take if you took that touchdown away, he's got like fifty yards. That's that's how he's special though. That makes that's what makes him special. You know. Oh yeah, no. Nah, CD's a baller. We noticed nine target, nine catches on eleven targets, hundred and forty nine receiving yards, two touchdowns, including the game winner. This was my favorite part. Yes, sir. Thirty six point one PPR points. Also added a rush attempt for two yards. My favorite part about CD is. They put him in the backfield and they give him rush attempts. That's like literally what I was like, oh, this is perfect. But Greg, what were you? Huge fourth down too for that. That was on a fourth down actually. Yeah, so I mean third down, but yeah, clutch clutch play by him. Uh, CD, you love to see it. Uh, 149 yards, man. This he's a beast. in every way. I mean, this is what we expect from him. Um, you know, I had a little slump, but I'm, I'm never worried about CD Lamb having off weeks. It's the volatility wide receiver position and. Yeah, CD, these ball spots are when you match up. He's got Minnesota next week. Stop playing. I'm, I'm, I'm two obviously weeks, one. Two weeks, two, two weeks, two weeks, every time, two weeks. <laughs> um, But, yeah, man, I mean, he currently sits here as the wide receiver 12 on the season in PPR points per game. CD Lamb is balling. Uh, he is a baller. Uh, absolutely love that guy. So continue to roll him out there. Um, Moving on to the wide receiver two on the week and he's back it didn't take long but cooper cup said here robert woods hold my beer i'm gonna go be <laughs> the wide receiver two on the week 12 targets for nine catches 130 receiving yards and two touchdowns 34 ppr points i mean the matthew stafford no look pass to cooper cup for a touchdown was pretty dope not gonna lie but greg what were your thoughts here on Cooper Cup's performance? Just gotta love it. I mean, he's giving you the most value you can ask for from a wide receiver. Where you drafted him, Cooper Cup. I was getting drafted around where Robert was drafted, and he's giving you top three value at the wide receiver position every week. Over ten targets, got another twelve today. Uh, it's just beautiful to see like that. You can have, you just know a guy's going to get over ten targets every game. It's for certain now. I'm just so upset that I have. Like no Cooper Cup, you, no Cooper Cup, like literally <laughs> zero. You're not, and you and you and I talked about it, right? Like, yeah, if I yeah. had to pick a Rams receiver, I'm gonna take Cooper Cup, but I have zero Cooper Cup. You know why? Because I got all this Brandon Ayuk, and I don't want to talk about it right now. <laughs> but moving on to the wide receiver three on the week, uh, Adam Thielen, 13 targets, 11 catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Also added one rush attempt for two yards, 29.8 PPR points on the week. Greg, what are your thoughts on Adam Thielen's performance? Yeah, my guy, Adam Thielen, doing what he got to do. Good bounce back week for him. Um, yeah, got back in the end zone two straight weeks without in the end zone. What is he doing? Like, what is he doing? He's got to get back on pace. So uh, <laughs> good to see him back in there. Uh, yeah, uh, you love to see it. Got, got Dallas in two weeks. So, yeah, great matchup. We got it right. Yes, sir. Here we go. Uh, no, but Adam Thielen, um, you know, trying to pick up that touchdown pace again. But this time he brought you some yards, though. Yeah, he right? did. This Brushing is a yards. little bit different because mm-hmm. those touchdowns, they were coming with like 40, 50 receiving yards. And I don't yep. really jive with that. But the 126 <laughs> yards and a tutty, I'll take it. First 100-yard game for the season for Thielen, so that's great. See, I'll take it. Um, moving on to the top 12 and does anybody do 10 catches for 70 yards better than Jalen Waddle? I don't no. know. No, no, no. <laughs> but uh, Jalen Waddle comes in as the wide receiver four. Donovan Peoples-Jones comes in as the wide receiver five. If we're talking about values, I think this is the value. <laughs> and Santonio Brown true. coming in as the wide That's receiver true. six. Cortland Sutton coming in as the wide receiver seven. Marvin Jones, eight. Tyreek Hill, did you even know you were going to play? Guess not, but it comes in as a wide receiver 9. DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver 10. KJ Osborne, haven't seen you in a while, wide receiver 11. And then AJ Green rounding out this top 12 here. 
Greg, what were your thoughts here on the uh, top 12 receivers? Uh, yeah, good to see some names. Corner Sun as well. I was always look to see him in the, in the top 12. Uh, hopefully, you know, continue to grow uh, as the Denver's number one receiver. And yeah, D Hop did that on like four targets, I think. So that's that's really insane to think about that. Uh, and Diamonds People Jones, not named Odell Beckham in wide receiver one. I got, I just. <laughs> It's just when is it like I when is gonna happen, man? I'm just trying to I'm just waiting. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins two catch or four catches, four targets, three catches, two touchdowns though, so that that definitely helps. Um, yeah, Corlin Sutton will be interesting to have see what happens when Jerry Judy comes back, but Corlin Sutton is has taken this mantle as the wide receiver uh, to have in well the top wide receiver in Denver for sure, but he's definitely proven to be. Uh, pretty much what you know. I know. I know. I definitely was. I was pounding the drum for Cortland Sutton all year long. Uh, I was. I had issues with that ADP, and uh, you know now I think he is the wide receiver twenty. So he's wide, that's, yeah, wide receiver two. No, that's it's exactly where I think yeah. he should have been. Right. I think yep. he was, he was going off the board outside the top thirty, and I was like, this guy should be in the the top twenty for sure. And so Cortland Sutton, but um, yeah, Donovan Peoples Jones. I mean. I mean, to be fair, two touchdowns on four catches. No, one it's was, not about getting down. Jones. It's about it's about <laughs> OBJ. But OBJ does make it into the honorable mentions. Does he did have five catches for seventy nine yards, I believe. Okay. So it's good for the wide good for a wide receiver to finish for for OBJ. So I, I threw him on here just for you. Um, but Henry Ruggs also had himself a a decent a decent game here. Three for three catches. 97 yards and a touchdown or yeah three catches 97 yards and a touchdown there uh Deontay Johnson just continuing to yes, suck sir. up targets for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh Brandon Cooks making his return to uh fantasy goodness which I think we thought that that would happen this week uh Darnell Mooney somebody I know that you you've been pounding the drum for uh someone I, I had actually talked about as maybe being a poten- in potential to play this week Finishes as a, a top 20 wide receiver as well. And then um, T.Y. Hilton. I just threw his name down here kind of for fun. But, um, you know, four catches, 80 yards, no touchdown. I think it was definitely good to see him pl- returning from that neck injury and, mm-hmm. and making an impact for the Colts, especially when you consider outside of Michael Pittman, they don't really have much going for him. No, Paris Campbell's injury is significant, so. Uh, should be. I mean, as long as T.Y. can stay healthy, he had a quad quad injury pop up at the end of that game. So. Oh man. Uh, okay. I mean, he's. I mean, but you know, he's definitely. If he stays, that's nothing. He, I think he's intriguing. Definitely. And then uh, some Jags on the week. Uh, Keenan Allen, somebody I know. I was pounding the drum for. I said, hey man, this has got to be a Keenan Allen game, especially Mike Will's banged up. But him and Mike Will both end up on the Jags list. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, somebody that I definitely was talking about as someone I'm, I'm looking to play. I was talking about how I was dropping Brandon Ayuk for him and how I was playing him over Allen Robinson, which, by the way, that still worked out. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Makes me not know how to feel. That Allen Robinson <laughs> is done, man. It's over. Oh, man. Trade my free my man Allen Robinson. No, I was talking about Allen Robinson. I had a whole nice little thing about it. It's after this week. Okay. Because they play Tampa. If he can't get it done against Tampa, you're right. If they can't get can't done get it against done against Tampa or Washington, you, yeah, you, you gotta go. <laughs> you gotta go. So uh, that's there. Um, speaking of Washington, you made me remember. Uh, Michael Hardman was definitely somebody I was pumping up that did mm-hmm. not come through. Um, but let's move. Do you have anybody else for the Jack position, Greg? Uh no no not really I'm still I still want to buy Keenan Allen though I need that. oh DJ Moore oh uh, and DJ Moore DJ Moore also shows up on this list do we even consider throwing DK Metcalf on here like we understand the circumstances that's all offenses yeah dropping down when Chris Collinsworth said I didn't realize how important Russell Wilson was to the offense I, I wanted I to like, like go crazy like did you where have you been the last like decade like <laughs> Russell Wilson is everything to this offense he's everything to this franchise this man deserves a stake in the team at this point like it's crazy <laughs> bro i literally looked at my tv like this like bro like <laughs> yeah i know i know yeah the only one i want 
like that has some value is Alex Collins because they're gonna be handing that ball, that thing. DK still gonna be fine. Alex Collins popped up with a hip and a glute injury, so that's, true. that's oh, something man. to consider. But I think again, I said it. I think DK is a wide receiver two. Yep. Wide receiver one upside because he is a freak. Yep. And that's it. Yeah. And Tyler Lockett is a flex conversation, barely rosterable. Yeah, I'm holding him till Russell, of course, comes back. So comes till Russell yeah. comes back for sure. Yeah. But I mean, it seems like again, he was only Russ was only expected to bend his knuckle to 10 degrees, and he bent it to 75 degrees. Man was out here fake throwing, faking the huddle, like talking to his uh, his imaginary teammates, like yo, he's he's shot. This is this is the guy that you don't think Chris Collinsworth thinks that is not most valuable to this team. How about, this man is oh man, it's Russ man. Yeah, that was so <laughs> funny, and it's like Russ really did that. Like some people would do it, like oh I see the I know the camera's there, I'm gonna do this. Like nah, Russ. Bro. Russ legitimately did that. <laughs> like, there's no doubt in my mind. Like, no doubt. Dude missed a game in a game in the NFL for the first time in his life. Missed an NFL game in ten it's, years. It's habitual at this point. It, like he he has to do that on the Sundays. He it's did habitual. not know what else to yeah. do. So he's just like I'm gonna I'm put myself through the workout of playing in a game. He went through two minute drill, like doing all spike the ball, clock it, clock it. I was like, bro. <laughs> You're nuts. <laughs> Yo. Oh, but man. Hey, more to... power to him, man. Word. I respect it even more, but you're nuts, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then you got Jamal Adams. I'm the best in the nation. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about two cornballs. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, the tight end Ooh. studs. On the week, starting with the number one tight end on the week, Noah Fant. Nine catches on 11 targets, 97 yards, and a tutty here. Good for 24.7 PPR points. Greg, what were your thoughts on Noah Fant? Nah, man, I love it. I mean, this is, I think, my guy for the the season, Noah Fant, as far as a, a tight end. Uh, yeah, 11 targets. You love to see that number with Teddy B being back. Uh, he's going to get targeted more. Uh, two last two, three of the weeks, he's got over 10 targets. So, as the target shares there, he's definitely in top five tight end territory with those numbers. No, definitely. Uh, he's absolutely been balling there. No offense. And, you know, they talked about on the broadcast how he had, he wanted to make more big plays. Uh, you know, he usually averages 11 yards per reception. Had been, I think, at, at eight this year. He in this game, he was up over ten and a half, up up almost ten point eight. So definitely like to see that from Noah Fant. The tight end two on the week. Look at this, another my guy. This time it's my my guy in Mike Kosecki. Nine targets, eight catches, one hundred and fifteen receiving yards. Ooh. No touchdown. Ends up the tight end two. 19 and a half PPR points. That is like some Travis Kelsey type stuff right there <laughs> from Mr. Mike Gusecki. Uh Greg, what were your thoughts on Gusecki's performance, man? Definitely loving it because it's with Tua. That's like the biggest fact, I think, that he had a great game with Tua. I'm glad you said uh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, nine targets. Uh, again, 70% of the snaps. Uh, he's getting snaps have been up the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, you, you love to see he's entering that low tier on tight end one territory. I think he's in that territory now. Yeah, I mean, after a game where he had, you know, he had nine targets through the first two weeks. And like you mentioned, Tua was at quarterback uh, in that first game where he had only three targets, was barely playing any snaps, has played 60 plus percent of the snaps. And every week played, you know, the last two weeks has played 74 percent of the snaps um, on average. And so, again, if you just. If you came in, there was a, there was, because again, you, like you said, there was this frame of thinking where you're in the back of your mind, you're nervous. <laughs> like, was this all because of Jacoby Brissett? But Mike Kosecki is continuing to see the targets. He's continuing to be utilizing this offense. And 
he's an athlete, man. I mean, yeah. he like the nine for eight for one fifteen, like he can do that, and that's part of the reason why. I, you know, I, I was I was high on him last year. Part of the reason why I'm high on him this year, the tight end eight on the season in, t- in terms of total points. Uh, Mike Kosecki has been a value. Yeah, absolutely. So is Noah Fant, who's the tight end six. Uh, nice. But um, the tight end three on the week, Travis Kelsey, 11 targets, eight catches, 99 yards, 17.9 PPR points there for Mr. Kelsey. Greg, what were your thoughts on the performance here from Travis Kelsey? Yep. I mean, uh, this is why you drafted him in that first round. Um, hoping that, you know, Darren Waller could also get you some of these weeks. Yeah, but Travis Kelsey doing what he's got to do. That's just my expectation for him every week. Definitely, man. And um, rounding out this top 12 here, Mark Andrews, the tight end four. OJ Howard, the tight end five. Ricky Seals-Jones, my tight end star of the week, coming in at six. TJ Hawkinson, welcome yes, sir. back, brother. Yes, sir. Good to uh-huh. have you back. And the tight end seven, Zach Ertz, who played this game for Philadelphia, but will now play next week for Arizona. Be mindful of that. Tight end eight, Dalton Schultz, also tied for the tight end eight. Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth had seven targets. That dynasty. That dynasty. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Dynasty, I'm talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> but Pratt Fryermuth, the tight end 10. Jared Cook, the tight end 11. And then Durham Schmythe tied with Darren Waller to finish as the tight end 12. So, Greg, any of these top 12 tight end performances stick out to you? Um. um Nothing too crazy, except of course you gotta love Hawkinson being in there. Um, you know, hopefully you guys were hopefully buying him in those those weeks where he was down, because uh, Detroit is always going to be down. So <laughs> you know that this guy's gonna get close to 10 targets a game, and it's Swift and him, and that, and we just gotta keep accepting that, and you know, just know that it's it's gonna be these guys dominating. Yeah, Hawkinson had been um he'd been see, he'd been running the same amount of routes, he'd been yep. doing the same amount of snaps, just. And he was seeing decent target share, but just wasn't uh, – well, he wasn't – actually wasn't seeing a ton of targets in that time. But you have to wonder, he was on the injury report with a knee injury for this entire time. And this was the first time he went into the game without an injury designation. So it makes you wonder, had he been dealing with some kind of injury and it was that the reason why – he wasn't getting targets because he was still, again, playing the same amount of snaps, playing, running the same amount of routes. Probably just wasn't them. getting open, yeah. right? You know, he's, you know, his knee was probably limiting him in that way. So uh, definitely good to see him be healthy. Dolan Schultz definitely sticks out to me because that's a trend that's continued. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. He's, he's continued um, to continue uh, to – I mean, he's a tight end three on the season. I mean, he's best value tight end. Talk about that value. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, even when Gallup comes back, I think he still has value. I think, you know, with uh, the situation there, Dak always loves to throw to the tight end. I mean, the Cowboys as a team, since Witten, since they just historically love tight ends, they want to be get them involved. No, definitely, man. Um, All right. Well, not many Jags on the week. I will throw out uh, a, I will throw out one or two, but. Um, Evan Ingram, I thought that that would be a decent spot for him. Uh, did not necessarily come through there. Dan Arnold, my tight end stream of the week, that did not come through. Um, I think that was it. Anybody for you, Greg? Yeah, not too many. Uh, yeah. So in terms of injuries... Alex Collins is dealing with a hip and a glute injury. Pete Carroll. Guess what Pete Carroll said, Greg? Oh, he's going to be back next week. <laughs> yeah, he's optimistic that he'll play and that it won't be able to be fine. So uh, probably assume that he'll be put on IR like tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. We'll, we'll see what happens with Pete with Alex Collins, but just monitor that situation. Remember Rashad Penny. I believe was activated off IR, so yeah, he said um, he was coming back. I think yeah, definitely this week. Yeah. So if Alex so. Collins can't go, then expect some kind of DJ Dallas, DJ Dallas, Travis, Rashad Penny, yeah, something I don't want. 
led by Geno Smith, quarterback, probably something I really don't want to attach myself to, especially when they play New Orleans on Monday Night Football. So after bye, no, nah, yeah, chomping no, nah, I don't want that. <laughs> it's Alex Collins. I'll play him though. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, another injuries, other injury news. Antonio Gibson, he basically sat out the rest of the game with a shin injury, uh, which led to J.D. McKissick seeing most of the work there. Uh, I mean, granted, they were they were down, so it makes you wonder about the usage potentially of Jared Patterson, who's a rookie, and what that could mean for him going forward. So definitely something to, to monitor. Uh, Kareem Hunt was placed on injured reserve with a calf injury. So um, Nick Chubb missed this game with a calf injury. Kareem Hunt came into this game with a knee injury and a wrist injury but ends up leaving with a calf, was placed on injured reserve. So seems like Kareem, uh, Nick Chubb could potentially have this backfield to himself, but we'll have to see if he, if he can even play on Thursday in their in their upcoming game. But uh, Baker Mayfield also dealing with an injury, but this to his non-throwing shoulder, which um, he says that he will play. Uh, he's not going to let it be an issue for him. And I believe they do play Denver. So Thursday night, uh, yeah. On Thursday night. So definitely, again, something to monitor there. Case Keenum is the backup there for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Now, before we move on to waivers, just to remind you, um, remind this is a specific reminder for Greg. I'm just kidding. But the bye weeks are here, Greg. <laughs> Week Six, seven, yo. the I Buffalo Bills, oh, the man. Dallas Cowboys, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Minnesota Vikings, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Los Angeles Chargers are all on by, which means it's going to be great for us next week because our show is going to be a little bit shorter. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love being on here with y'all, but sometimes it, it, it's nice to have some time back. But anyways, Greg, let's talk about these waivers, man. What's up? Starting at the uh, – let's go running back first. Uh, so I run it back. I mean, you talked about the Cleveland Brown situation. If both Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb are going to be both out, uh, Dearness Johnson's going to be that top guy for getting all those uh, early down work uh, with Dimitri Felton probably getting the, most of the pass catching work. But for a team that runs the ball a lot on Thursday night uh, going against Denver, who, you know, they probably want to be able to have put up some points. Uh, you know, they want to still establish the run. Uh, so I got the Undershots on the list. He's a 3% roster, especially if you are the managers of Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. After that, <clears throat> J.D. McKissick, he's 42% rostered. Uh, they got Green Bay next week. It's crazy how the season's been. He's been in an even week trend. Uh, he's like weeks one, three, and five. He's got all under three points. But in weeks two, four, and six, he's averaging 12.7 <laughs> points in FanDuel scoring. Uh, matchup against Green Bay again. Washington should be behind. A.G., also a little banged up, so J.D. McKissick will probably get a lot of pass-catching work again. Uh, Ramaj Stevenson, 11% rostered, going against the Jets next week. Uh, both Damian Harris and Ramaj Stevenson are in a good position. They should be favored. They should be up. Um, but especially if Damian Harris is a little banged up, Ramaj Stevenson got eight touches in week six. Uh, we'll have some pass-catching work. Brandon Bolden's kind of like been fizzed out the offense, so that's good. Yeah, no, I definitely like that. Um, I definitely would would look at Jarrett Patterson as well too. If I if you are looking for running back help, I mean, he probably who do they who does Washington play this week? You said uh, Green Bay. Green Bay. Okay, so uh, I mean, Green Bay does give it up a little bit on the ground. Uh, so Jarrett Patterson probably will get some of that early down work uh, for the Washington football team. So just be mindful of that. But. Greg, moving on to the wide receiver position, what do we got there? Any any speculative ads there that we should be making? Always banging a drum on my guy, Tim Patrick. Bye weeks are here, so you, you need these bye week fillers. He's 35% rostered. They got Cleveland next week, who's been uh, pretty, you know, the, the defense has been, compared to last year has been horrible. Uh, three receptions. And they're supposed 42. to be better this year, which yeah, is crazy. It's crazy, crazy. Got you a touch this week. Uh, he produces solid wide receiver three, wide receiver four numbers every week. Uh, should be still involved until Judy is out. Um, since week four, he's got at least six targets. So he's definitely a great bye week filler. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, he's 39% rostered. The injury risk is always there. Um, but if he's fine, 
Campbell has got that foot injury, and so it's going to be just Hilton and Pittman. So I think targets will be definitely be there. Uh, Hunter Renfro, again, still under that 40-50% mark uh, every week with five receptions. I know the, the, the down week was this week, but they got Philly next week. I like the matchup there. Uh, and Darna Mooney, 44% rostered uh, against Tampa Bay. I was shaking my head at the less than 40% roster part. Of oh, Hunter 50%. Renfro. Yeah, he's 47 right so, now. Yeah. Hunter Renfro, I have him. So, yeah, that just shows this guy's, you know, is there for PPR leagues. That's a solid wide receiver three, right? Four right there. Yeah, no, Hunter Renfro has been uh, helping me out. I have him on my, on my Scott Fishbowl team. So, mm-hmm. he's definitely been been helping me there. Um, Greg, tight end. Tight ends. Ricky Seals Jones, man. I mean, 29% rostered until Logan Thomas comes back. Uh, he's he's the guy. I mean, he had four receptions, 58 yards, and a touch at six targets. So he's getting a decent target share. Um, he's been a great filler for Logan Thomas uh, so far. He's getting running a lot of routes and running, you know, getting targeted on the routes he's getting. So it's nice for him. And I'm going to go with Jordan Akins going against Arizona. Uh, again, if you need a tight end, um, he's been involved a little bit more uh, over Darren Fells in this offense. So um got Arizona this week they'll be behind Houston's always gonna be behind so besides Brandon Cooks getting all the targets Gerald Atkins could get some okay and what about uh quarterback and quarterbacks we got three Tua he's got Atlanta next week it's more about I like this matchup a lot for Tua 17% rostered uh Dolphins have been play, passing the ball a lot more this year um that 40 40.5 attempts game. By. Two is the Dolphins on by next week as well. Yeah, did I not mention them? But they're that, definitely on by because they play in London. They played in London. Oh, got it. So really, because yeah, I are feel they like, not on this list? No, they, they I don't think they're on by. Yeah. What are they not on by? No, they took a late. They took a late buy. I know it's crazy because you should. If you came from London, you should uh, probably have a buy. Oh, you're right. The Dolphins are not on by. I just assumed that they were because the London yeah. team all play all get a buy. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was shocked by too. But yeah, okay. I'll go with Tua, passing the ball more. Teddy Bridgewater going against Cleveland. Again, mentioned that Cleveland defense being really bad. 20% rostered. Uh, last week, two weeks, they're getting the passing attempts up. 43.5 pass attempts per game in the last two weeks. So you love that for a Denver offense that usually is more run Henry. And Carson Wentz, uh, first of all, as mentioned, Carson Wentz, only one interception this year. Pretty impressive for Carson Wentz. You'd like to see that. Uh, and 35% rostered. Going against San Fran, San Fran's defense has just been okay, um, but a more competitive game script. And you know what Indy can do probably in more competitive games with that Baltimore game. There we go. Um, yeah, so, Greg, who is, I guess, for you, the top the top player that you want on waivers ahead of this week? Um, if I'm on a PPR league, I definitely want, like, a J.D. McKissick. Uh, with all the bye weeks, I know there's going to be a lot of running backs that I'm going to need. Um, trend-wise, it's an odd week, so he probably won't be do. He, you know, he not probably won't do well. He's not looking like he would do well, but I think with the matchup and given they'll be behind with A.G. being banked up, he, he should get five receptions or more. Yeah, I'll also add the Baltimore Ravens running backs to that list as well because Latavius Murray did end up getting banged up. Uh, Devontae Freeman... Saw nine nine carries in that game. Also added yeah. some receptions. Le'Veon Bell, Bell, I know he scored a touchdown, but he didn't really. Yeah, it's just much yeah. Yardage. It's just tough to to call who's gonna be the guy they decide to just or just give it Lamar all the carries. <laughs> yeah, I mean if you again, this is like if you're desperate for a running yeah. back help, which yeah, it's true. hard out there, especially you got six teams on by this this yeah, week. Bro. Yeah, it's um, rough. It's it's rough for sure. So. Again, if you're just looking for an RB2 that's in line to get a touchdown here, uh, these Ravens guys playing a good offense, You know, there's one less running back to, to add these touches. But, hey, sure. who knows? Because they'll just add Tyson Williams into, back into the mix. Oh, man. So, um, <laughs> I, so I think I would look I would look definitely there. If I am the, the Nick Chubb manager, I think I would just go get Ernest Johnson just mm-hmm. to make sure I cover myself. Because mm-hmm. uh, I would rather play Nick Chubb. Um, I, I mean, I would want to play Nick Chubb for sure, but if I if I can't, then I, I'll play. You know, there's it's tough to to tell, right? Because you know this this team this game was not a game, right? Thirty seven it was thirty seven fourteen, but it was really was not a game. And so, uh, Kareem Hunt got hurt in the second half, 
and Dearness Johnson only ends up with like one one rush attempt after that. So was he really even gonna, you know, do they want him to be the guy? It's a question. I don't think that they would ask Demetri Felton to do that to to be that guy or be you know be a back or, you know like a three down. Yeah, back. he's been pass catching all year. I mean, they must yeah. have become wide receiver at this point. So like. Crazy. No, I think he I'm pretty sure he was a running back. He was a running back in college, went to the senior bowl as a receiver, like mm. went to the combine as a receiver. Was it the other way around? Was he like a wide receiver when his running back? Either way, I think he was like coming in as a wide receiver and then okay. the, the, the Browns have made him this like dual threat weapon right. type. So right. Curious to see what happens uh, with that, but I think yeah, again, like agreed, he's probably going to to be on the, uh, you know, probably the the third down back as opposed to just an early down early down guy. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty it's pretty slim pickings on the waiver wire this week. There's not really not really much. I think it would be again those receivers, Khalil Herbert, if he's available, I would yeah. go. Yeah, I would I mean, go at him for sure. Um. You know, I can't think if I can't think of anybody else that I would I would want to add. Uh, I mean, if you're feeling froggy, uh, Brandon Ayuk is probably out there. I mean, just throw it out there. Just saying. If Judy's out there, go get him because he's gonna be coming back soon. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if Judy was dropped in your league, go definitely add him for sure. Um, all right, but if that's, I think that's it. Yep. I think that is literally it. So. Everyone, we appreciate y'all. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you listening. Um, make sure you are subscribed to the show. Make sure you're following Greg on Twitter at gmoney underscore truth. Follow him on Instagram at we underscore made it. Follow me at jr football nerd. Follow the show at ff diagnostics. And subscribe to the. I said to subscribe, but make sure you subscribe and put the notification bells on, especially for YouTube and whatnot, so you, you can get to see. Uh, our lovely faces, you know, uh, you can see I'm rolling without the hat today. So, uh, you know, you could just and see the studio and see CD Lamb on the wall. Right. All these different things. Or who knows? Maybe you've never seen Greg and you want to see what it looks like. <laughs> and, you know, some people might say he looks like a uh, young Kendrick Lamar, but I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> only the hair, only the hair. Uh, but without further ado, we're going to close the show. We'll see y'all next time when we uh, are breaking down Thursday Night Football as the Denver Broncos take on the Cleveland Browns. And with that one, we are out of here. Peace.